Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. And I'm back. And you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast and a reverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin, first things first, last week there was a, a beautiful voice on this podcast, just yeah. absolutely beautiful. And I'm wondering why I don't ever get to podcast with that beautiful voice. Um, because my views, my views, my voice is equally as beautiful as Jennifer Van Elk. Mm. Kind of mystical. Very mystical. Uh, yours, I... Like a white unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jen's very much like a white unicorn when she speaks. And you're kind of like a raccoon I found in the gutter. Mm. A, a beautiful gutter. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome back, Steve. We're glad to have you. Uh, Jen was great, but there's nothing quite like the authentic Stephen Van Elk. A great Indiana man. What are you drinking, Stephen? Well, Dustin, it's funny that you would say that, a great Indiana man, because tonight I'm drinking a Flat 12 Beer Works Milk Stout. Wow, they really went with a lengthy name on that one. Well, Flat 12 Beer Works is the name of the brewery, and Milk Stout is the name of the beer, which is a, mm. just a description of what it is. It is a milk stout. Mm, straight from the mother's milk. Yeah, that's exactly where it comes from, and Dustin... Wouldn't you just know it, but Flat 12 is an Indiana brewery, which means that this is another great Indiana beer for a great Indiana man like me, Steve Van Elk. I would expect nothing less. So, Steven, are you feeling feeling any better? Uh, You know, physically, I'm feeling so much better. Spiritually and emotionally, I don't know, buddy. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of down. Of, I, I missed you last of listeners, week. A lot of listeners really liked the sweet tones of Jennifer Van Elk last week. So it's going to be hard for us to compete, you and I, with the momentum that that episode caused us. Yeah, yeah. We're probably going to have a huge drop-off in listeners from this week to next week. That's that Jen Van Elk bump we're going to be missing out on. <laughs> the JVE bump. Now, Dustin, uh, first things first, got to do some follow-up. Trademark John Syracuse. You asked what the hell that was about. Um, John Syracuse is the podcaster who invented the phrase follow up as a means to describe what it is you do at the beginning of a podcast when you follow up on things from the past. That's him. That's his phrase. Okay. And so I jokingly call it, say, follow up trademark John Syracuse because, you know. I won't remember yeah. that, but it's cool. Thank you for the history lesson. Uh, so the first thing I follow up is Dustin. You made a crack last week. You were spelling my name, and you went V A N space E L K. Mm -hmm. And I was curious: Have I ever told you about the embarrassing thing that happened to me when I was in high school and I was a lifeguard? Uh, Stephen, I can't say that you have. So we used to have these things when I was a lifeguard, where a guy would come in from like this lifeguarding. It was like a licensing company that like licensed out like whether or not you could be a lifeguard called just Jeff Ellis and Associates. And they would send people out to check on your pool or your beach and make sure that all the lifeguards are doing a good job. And one of the things you had to do was spell your name. And so when I was a freshman, my first time ever, I was old enough to lifeguard and old enough to be in one of these things. I had to spell my name on camera for this guy. And as you know, my last name has a space in it. So as I was spelling my last name, but like space isn't a letter. You know that, right, Dustin? Correct. I, I, at yeah. least I was pretty sure. So as I was spelling it, I said Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, just like that. And then I said Van Elk. And I go, 
V A N. And then I'm like, I kind of like looked both ways and looked back at the camera, then looked away, then looked back at the camera again, and I go, space? And then I said, E-L-K, like normal. And so for the rest of my high school lifeguarding career, I was known as space. There could be many more worse nicknames than space. Space is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. yeah, like in retrospect, it's kind of cool. At the time, it was embarrassing and terrible. But like, yo, space, go save that kid. So next up on the follow-up, Dustin, uh, you <laughs> mentioned last week when talking about uh, couples who get divorced post-wedding that you kind of feel like it was your fault. Like maybe you didn't do good enough as a photographer. And I was listening and I couldn't tell in my heart of hearts if you were making a goof or if you were being serious. And so I wanted to follow up with you on that, Dustin. Like my heart goes out to you, buddy. Like, do you, do you really feel, do you have those emotions? I, I carry the weight of the world on my shoulders, Stephen. I always feel responsible for everything that happens except for maybe the election of Donald J. Trump. Dustin, I just want you to know right now, I feel so bad for you. I'm I'm trying to send you like a a mental uh, shoulder rub or massage right now. Um, that would be great. Yeah. So like just mentally, I'm sending it through the, the computer Ethernet cords and the radio waves and the Wi-Fi straight to you, buddy. Are mm. you getting it? Nope. Okay, yeah. If you were, you'd be a little bit more grossed out in the video feed because, you know, I do use a lot of tongue when I rub shoulders for somebody. Hmm. Explains why your wife loves you. Mm-hmm. So, Dustin, uh, next up, you were talking about uh, shooting with soft boxes, and you said you get a lot of shots with your soft boxes with the soft boxes in your photos. Correct. And so, having a software that could easily just take that out for you with Content Aware Fill, like the NVIDIA one that I had in the show notes for last week that you guys discussed. Yeah. Um, would be a big help. And I'm wondering why the hell you can't compose your photos so that the softbox isn't in them. Mm. Well, see, that kind of goes back to the inverse square law, which is one of the first things you learn when uh, mastering lighting technique. And that has to do with the quality of light. Wait, can I ask you a question? In proximity to the size of the light source. Can I, can I ask you a question real quick? The inverse square law, is this, um, is this something you learned in art school? Yes. Okay, and we'll get to that later, but um, just as we go through this, anything I hear from you that is something you learned in an art class or art school, we just want to make a mental note of. Well, see, it's funny you say art school because I didn't actually go to an art school. I was I an went art to a, class at a, in an art school of an engineering school. Yes, if you consider a technical education based in photography an art school, then I'm rolling then my yes. eyes at you. I'm rolling my eyes, just so all of our listeners know, I'm rolling my eyes so hard. In fact, my eyes might be stuck up inside my head right now. I might just walk around never being able to see again. Even though St Stephen hates on college, you don't have to go to college to know what the inverse square law is in relationship to lighting and how lighting affects your subject. Um, but for those out there that don't know, when you have a light source, the closer the light source is to your subject, the better the quality of light is in proportion to the size of the light. So when shooting, I don't always have the ability to bring a eight or nine foot softbox with me because I like to travel light and nimble. So when I'm bringing a four, five foot softbox, I like to get it really close to get a really soft light 
by keeping my light mm. source very so low. soft. It's oh, the same yeah. reason why when you're shooting uh, like your groom getting ready shots or your bride getting ready shots, you always move them next to the windows when you're shooting. Exactly, Steve. Exactly. See, just, you, you just, know something. Just so that listeners out there know what it is. But um, for listeners out there, like when you're shooting a bride or groom next to the window, you're not shooting so wide that the window's in the shot. Correct. Which leads me to why is Dustin shooting so wide that the softbox is in the shot? Exactly. I like to shoot very wide scenes, almost some, some might call them environmental portraits, which is what I specialize in. Um, so I was shooting the mayor of Fort Wayne last week. Whoa, you said this was next episode. We will talk about it next episode, but for the sake of lighting, I'll touch on that. With a light touch. I was shooting the entire downtown cityscape with the mayor in the photo. So in order to get that shot, I have to have the softbox in the frame and then take a photo without the softbox in it and then Photoshop it out. But what I was telling Jen last week is that it would be great to not have to take that frame and just have the massive processing power of some sort of software plugin that would allow me to just pen around that and just click and boof, gone. Or you know what else you could do? Um because you're already taking an absurd amount of time to do these shots with a softbox outside on a busy street. Uh, just go ahead and take the shot with the softbox in, then take the softbox out and take another shot. And now you you have all the content to fill where the, the softbox was. That's what was. I just said that I do, Steven. With a tripod? Then why are you bitching about it? Just because I have to do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You, if you want the best results, you're always going to have to do it. Unless like... Yeah. Content aware field gets to a point where it's so good. It's just like, we've taken all of the street views from Google Maps and we can just figure out where you were when you shot your picture and fill it in for oh, you. Now you're, now you're talking. Actually, I just had a great idea. Shut the podcast down. We're doing this from now on. Google Street View. For content aware fill in Adobe Photoshop. I'm sorry. Yo, Adobe, call can us. Can we call Adobe? Can we get no. Adobe on the phone right now? Adobe calls us. That's how this works. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Give me your next follow-up. Oh, last week there was a question from Cody Turner Weddings about proposal shoots. And for some reason I have in here in the follow-up, what are some reasons why the couple that hires you to do a proposal shoot might not hire you to do their engagement photos and wedding photos. That was something you and Jen touched on was the idea that you might do proposal shoots for somebody, but not their wedding or engagement photos, or mm -hmm. somebody else might do the proposal shoot for them. And then you do the engagement and wedding. So I was curious if we could kind of flush that out a little bit. Let's flush it out. Get the TP out. Let's flush. I want some like flushing sounds added in right there. Not going to happen. So uh, as I as I wrote down for you to see, Dustin, typically in a boring, typically in a boring ass cisgen het relationship, it's the guy that asks the gal to get married, and hence it's also the guy who hires the photographer for the proposal. But once again, this is just a stereotypical thing for a boring ass cisgen het relationship, and it's. It's typically then the gal that's in charge of hiring the photographer for the engagement photos and the wedding photos. So you have the guy hiring a photographer for the proposal and then a gal hiring the photographer for, you know, the engagement and the wedding. So unless that gal in that stereotypical boring ass cisgen het relationship 
has been dropping hints about who her dream photographer is for the wedding to her boyfriend, it's very unlikely that the guy would hire the photographer that the gal has been dreaming about. Would you agree with that or no? Yeah, I would agree with that. So you agree that cisgen het relationships are boring ass relationships? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it's true though. Most of the time, the groom is hiring the photographer, groom to be, and he doesn't oftentimes get a say per se in the hiring of the wedding photographer. Um, even though we try to, well, it's meet. also because half the time when the guy is hiring a photographer for the proposal, it's just some jackass with a GoPro. He's like a cousin who happens to have, you know, ha- sh- shoots like e-commerce stuff with his Re- Canon Rebel or something. Uh, speaking of cousins and shooting, um, you screwed up. Your cousin's in was in a shooting. No, you screwed up so bad. You said Uncle Bob in the last uh, episode with Jen. We got our uh, we got our brand to stick to, man. That's Uncle Cousin Angebob now. Uncle Cousin Angebob. Yeah, y- you and Jen really let me down. I'm sorry, Steve. I expected Jen to jump in and correct you because she is our number one fan. I like to leave little nuggets just to make sure you're listening. I'm so angry. Like little fact check type things. So, uh, did you have anything else to say about proposals? No, I just that I would love to do them if anyone wants one. Hey, hit me up. I thought Jen made a good point about most proposals when they when you get called to shoot them. It's like, hey, I'm going to propose this Friday. Yeah, it's typically a last minute thing. Um, I had seen a story once on the news or TV or Facebook. I don't know. It all kind of blends together about a photographer who took her business uh, branding wise in a direction. Uh, she, she was in New York City. And uh, she try to kind of yeah new york city in new york yes and um (laughs) where she would create sort of a proposal styled shoot for her couples and uh, i thought that was a really unique you know side hustle or side branding um for those who were coming to new york to propose um knowing that she wouldn't necessarily get to do their wedding or engagement. Um, she would help the groom plan the proposal and thus also photograph it. That sounds like a hell of a terrible job. She made good money. Mm, it's all about them Benjamins, baby. Benjamins. Anywho. Anywho, let's let's move on to the, the main show, the real show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't there's this fad I've been seeing for the last since social media existed? Um, it's people posting prices to their social media, and so I was just kind of curious what your thoughts on that. Typ- typically, like a a post that I'll see, a post I actually saw earlier tonight on social media on Twitter was this: best wedding photography in, and then I left the city out, but it was a, a bigger city, and it said, "Book now to reserve your date." $299 for a full wedding. Boom. Best wedding photography in the whole city. When I see things like that, the entrepreneur in me is like, can I just like start sub-renting them out or sub-booking them out to couples? Um, really? I mean, you would trust somebody yeah. who shoots a wedding for $299 to handle uh, one of your associates? Steven, they're the best 
They're the best photographer in that oh, city. Oh, I did forget. They did say that they were the best in their Twitter posts, so they probably See? are the best. I mean, Twitter doesn't lie, Steve. You can't write that and it not be true, right? Maybe? Yeah, I'm 100% certain that's how it works. I'm sure they're voted uh, by some people who live in the city, probably uh, their wife, their kids, and their mom and dad. Um, and everybody said that they were the best in the poll that they took of their wife, their kids, and their mom and their dad. So they're definitely the best. I mean, I saw something on Twitter that said the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast was the best podcast they had ever heard while going to the bathroom. So I assumed that to be true. But like, not just in a bathroom, but like actually going? Yeah, I don't know where they're going. I mean, on vacation, on a trip, perhaps to check the time. Perhaps at Walmart in the frozen food section. And they're just going to the bathroom. Yeah. Like, you know, like we all do when we really just got to get one out. And you just feel this need to listen to the sultry tones of Stephen Van Elk and Dustin And it brings you that relief, that relief that you couldn't get any other way because your prostate's been flaring up again. Doink to doink. Mm. Anyways, um, posting prices on social media, I would say... Uh, I mean, I am n- no marketing guru. If you're in that low end category, and I don't mean low end as a negative connotation, just mean like you're trying to go after the more budget conscious bride, I would say go for it. I mean, price is your hook at that point. So just blast that price all day long. So most of the time when I see those, I think that person is not getting a lot of deals because they have hardly any followers. They're not using hashtags on their tweet posts about it. And I never see people comment back at them or like those um, tweets, except for me. I'm all over them. I'm like, hey, what's Hmm. up? What's up? Um, I book you. But then... I did see one example that I thought was really good a while back, and it was somebody who specialized in courthouse photography. So people who were just going to the court to get married, and they sure. said that they were doing somewhere around uh, 300 weddings a year. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're doing 300 weddings a year, I mean, you're doing weddings almost, you know, every single day or maybe multiple weddings on a single day. And, you know, you're probably not doing like a reception and all that kind of stuff. You're just doing like the actual ceremony at the courthouse. Um, So that could actually be really cool and uh, interesting way to make a lot of money. Yeah. I thought about trying to get into that back when they sort of legalized the whole same-sex wedding thing. But Oh, yeah. You heard that um, same-sex people get married and you were just like, how could I profit off of these people? They finally got their equal rights and now I need to get that money from them. Actually, I was photographing for free, Stephen, uh, for all those who were getting married that first weekend. Um, but unfortunately Fort Wayne is sort of, okay, you put me in my place. I'm sorry, Dustin, if you're doing it for free, that's actually pretty cool. And I'm proud of you. That's That's right. Damn Uh, it. We're ultra conservative here in the sense that we don't allow cameras into the courthouse. And I mean, that could be a common thing throughout the country. I don't know, but super annoying here because if anyone goes to the courthouse to get married, I can't even take, not only can I not take my camera in, I can't even take my cell phone in. So I have to wait for the couple outside to take their pictures. And then I'm kind of just playing this waiting game 
and it's yeah it's really irritating so i never really pursued getting into the whole courthouse wedding thing that sounds like just a fort wayne thing brah can you get into the courthouse in indy so i I don't know about an indy but my um sister-in-law recently got married at the courthouse Ba-bing. And they're having like a wedding ceremony in the Dominican later this year. I think we've talked about that on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. they, they wanted to make it official sooner rather than later. So they just got married in a courthouse. Jen and I showed up. We were not allowed to bring cell phones in, but we were allowed to bring in our DSLR. Really? Yeah. See, that's fascinating. Yeah. Big, bold sign on the door that says no phones, no cameras, no electronics. I get the no phones. I don't understand the no cameras. Yeah, but whatevs. Because our courthouse in Fort Wayne is one of the most historic buildings in town, and it's beautiful, but yet you can't go in to take pictures. So the dude that I saw who was saying he did like 300 weddings a year in a courthouse out on the West Coast somewhere, all of his photos were like in the courthouse, and it was like a beautiful courthouse. So Right, that's how ours would be, and that's I would want to do it where I'm almost like kept capturing them uh, their ceremony and then a few of them just inside the courthouse. So I wouldn't be affected by rain or crappy weather. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Indiana's weather is so variable. So anyways, so have you ever posted prices on social media? Like what about like family mini sessions or anything like that? Does that count same category? Uh, Different we, category? we posted prices for family mini sessions. I feel like that's much more of a budget market sort of thing, but mm-hmm. never like in a tweet where it's like, come get at us. It's always been like, we did an Instagram story where we said it was half off. So we like, we didn't give an actual price. We just said there was a deal going on. Uh, I wanted to ask you something that's kind of sort of related to this in terms of social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we might've talked about this in a previous episode, but I've noticed more and more photographers doing it. And so I'm curious if it actually has legs and that's posting your remaining available dates that you're open. Um, and then offering like a hundred dollars off kind of thing. I don't know if you've seen any, like a number of photographers doing that, but I feel like I'm seeing more and more saying like, here are my last four dates open for 2017 you know, $100 off for those who book by the end of April or something like that. I mean, I I think I know where you're going with this. Um, that's people who are like, I made a budget for this year and I didn't book enough weddings. So how could I try to try to get those weddings booked in that I need still? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that makes you look kind of desperate personally. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it, it makes kind you of look... like posting like uh two ninety nine for a full wedding on Twitter. G- get at me. <laughs> get at me. I've got to pay for private school. S- slide into my DMs. Just slide in. Um. Yeah. I mean, we were, th- I was kicking around the idea of doing it and uh, dude, you got to do it then do some AB testing. See if it works out. I was afraid that it would make you make me look desperate. Well, you got two companies now, right? You got DNC, mm-hmm. and uh, you also have B and B. BBC. Yeah, so you got DNC and B and B, and you just you do it with one of them and not with the other, and you see what happens. Yeah, except for one of them has a much bigger following on Instagram and Facebook. Hmm. The following on Facebook probably counts for something. Uh, the following on Instagram, not so much. True. 
I've been I've been I've been looking at a lot of uh, Instagram followers on my accounts, and uh, I've just noticed that a lot of a lot of followers on Instagram seem like they're spam bots. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't ever check my Instagram followers. Oh, I've been checking for you, Dustin, and I can tell you, <laughs> Thanks, a, lot, a lot of people that follow me that I assume are spam bots are also following you. <laughs> oh, perfect. But that Perfect. was intentional because I wanted us to, you know, I wanted our accounts to reflect each other. I wanted there to be kind of like a, a not not necessarily like a yin yang thing, because like uh, a unification, yeah, a unification thing. That's what I was going mm. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been sending the spam bots who follow me over to you and just saying like, follow Dustin real quick. He real he's, quick. He's real cool. He's real cool. You're gonna love him a lot. Uh, the people who follow him, you can sell them all the Ray-Bans you want for $9 a piece. They're going to love that. And when they click over to your site, make sure that you have something that pop up that says like, oh, 37 other people are looking at the site right now. And like pop something up a little bit later that's like, oh, somebody in Portland, Oregon just bought a pair of these Ray-Bans. Oh, we only got like three left because nobody ever looks at that kind of stuff and thinks to themselves, well, this is some weird bullshit and crazy ass spam and these people are just going to scam me. Speaking of spam bots, I saw something going around on Facebook recently where uh, people's Instagram followings would shoot up and then they would get an email from like some Instagram company saying like, hey, we went ahead and like supercharged your account for four hours. When you say you saw that on Facebook, do you mean you saw the email we got at the wedding photo hangover? <laughs> No, I, that did I that exact thing to no, us. I actually, oh no, <laughs> I don't check the email. It, it might have been a DM. Uh, we 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 got a contact saying, "Hey, we super boosted your most recent Instagram post." Yeah, super boosted. That was the wording they used. We we just turned it on, and we want to know if you want to pay us to do this for you. And you know, we'll super boost all your posts that you do throughout the week. And you you don't need to give us a password or anything. Where was this email? Did you delete it? It might have been a DM. I don't know, but uh, I just sent them something back and I was like thanks but no thanks sorry I'm reading this email that I mean the post that they said that they super boosted or whatever we got like 127 uh, likes on it in 10 minutes uh, uh, Megan from Weddings Are For Real put, emailed us to let us know our promos going in alright Dustin let's uh, go ahead and not just read through our emails on the podcast all right, let's get back to, to to the real show now because Dustin's on some weird tangent where he's just reading our emails out loud. Um, next up, Dustin, do you ever give discounts? If a couple asks for their photos not to be posted online, would that affect the pricing at all? No. Next? You wouldn't give them a discount if they asked for the photos not to be posted online. I think that what he's asking or what he's... He's saying this is, isn't somebody it, else saying this. This is me asking you. I'm asking. Nobody asked this question. Oh. I came to you with this question. Well, the question doesn't make sense. Okay. But well, okay. Do you give I discounts, think, Dustin? No. Next question. That's bullshit. <laughs> every <laughs> every wedding I've worked with you, you told me you gave a discount to the people who you were shooting it for. Uh, I get. Well, I do give a discount on video services if in combination with photography services. So, yes, to answer your question, I do give a discount for a, 
what I would would call encouraging a bride to spend more with us versus book vendors elsewhere. So your answer was yes. I give a discount for increasing services. Yes. Okay. Good. We're both on the same page. It was definitely a yes, 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 yes. You told me me last week you had a bride contact you about shooting just photos for her wedding and you offered her a discount and then she said something to you and you were like, I can't do that. I've already offered her a discount for this other thing. And you acted all pissed off and offended. Why are you pretending like you don't offer discounts? That was for video. No, it was not. It was for photos. I'd have to. I'd have to have you jog my memory. Son of a bitch. Which, which wedding was this? I don't know, Dustin. I don't keep track of your weddings. I I don't have a calendar of all Dustin's weddings. And every time you tell me a story about a bride, I pull my calendar out and I'm like, "Mm, I wonder which one this could be. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what you need to be doing. Every time you told me a, what is apparently a bullshit story about a bride. No, I, I get a tremendous amount of inquiries and I can't keep in my mind every single one of them, Stephen. Right. So Dustin, you do give discounts. So what I'm asking you is if a couple were to ask you for their photos or their video not to be posted online. So you, you're not allowed to use their photos, their videos for any sort of marketing material for yourself at all. Which I have been asked before. Yeah, Jen and I have been asked that multiple times too. Um, Correct. Would you be willing to give that couple a discount? That couple that asked, I, no marketing material can be made yeah, from our wedding. Uh, I'm not sure why you would give a discount. If anything, I would think you would charge more. Because essentially what you're you're losing is the ability to market yourself from that wedding. And it's almost as if you didn't even work that weekend. Yep. Because you have nothing to show for it uh, from a marketing perspective. Well, I assume you could post the toilet selfies you took of yourself. Toilet selfies! Like, like, uh, come on, Dustin. Like, every, everybody sneaks into the restroom during the wedding, shoots oh, a picture of themselves you. in the mirror, and then posts just that to you. Instagram, right? Just Steven. I don't know why you would say just Steven. Just Steven. You're begging me earlier tonight if we could do that, and I had to tell you no, that was my brand. Steve, do you have a brand? Is there really Toilet a selfies, brand? that's my brand. Send me dick pics, that's my brand. <laughs> I think you might want to reconsider your life goals if those are your brand. Can I just say, I got sent the most delightful dick pic by listener Jackie Santana the other day. Yeah? It was the... I didn't realize it, listener Jackie Santana had a dick. It was, it was a creepy ass pic of Dick Cheney. <laughs> Vice President mm. Dick Cheney. <laughs> I forgot. She keeps him in her desk. Yeah, it, it cracked me up. It's really funny. Oh, uh, we digress. Steven, do you offer any sort of a discount ever? Yes, Dustin. What? Hold the presses. <laughs> Ink the typewriter, Johnny. You heard it here first. Now, quick, go through all my bullshit stories. Look in the calendar that you keep of all the weddings I'm shooting and the brides I'm shooting. I've got, I've got it right see here. See if you can correlate. Yep. Listening. Where's my pen? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm just I'm just screwing with you, Dustin. So tell me about your discounts, Stephen. How do they operate? How do they work? Obviously, I assume you don't give any kind of a discount if they're like, hey, uh, would you give us $100 off if you aren't allowed to put our photos on social media? Uh, yeah, no, that's what I was getting at. Um, cause if a couple asks us for a discount, like 
we would want to use their photos for marketing purposes. Typically, if somebody's asking for a discount, it's usually like maybe a venue that's really awesome that we've never shot at before that we really, really want to shoot at. So maybe we're like, yeah, we could do like a hundred bucks off just because we want to get our foot in the door at that venue or something like that, which is exactly the sort of thing you told me you which do was, discount right, which, wise for photos. And then you lied to me tonight <laughs> to all no, of our listeners. I recall the story I was telling you about, which was a wedding at a brand new venue that just opened here. And it was a Sunday wedding. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I'm always willing to offer discounts on non-Saturday weddings. This Sunday at the new wedding venue, there's going to be a bride and there's going to be a groom and it's going to get messy. Let's flip the question and take it a different direction. So you wanted to know if people should give discounts if you don't post the photos. Now, I've been seeing a tremendous amount of shift in people with a lot of Instagram followers and Facebook followers trying to get discounts or even free services for their weddings in return for promoting your wedding photography of their wedding. Well, I mean, I think there, like, it, it doesn't matter, like, how, how popular or how cool you is. Like, it depends how hard your body is, right? Mm. Right? Because mm. Dustin only wants to shoot those hard bodies. I don't, I'm not tracking. <laughs> I'm not following. And Dustin's all about those hard bodies and he just wants to shoot hard bodies. Uh, so, so like if you're real fit, like, oh yeah, Dustin's going to give you that discount because it's a hard body he's looking for. I'm still lost over here in translation. Like if your wedding dress is cut out so we can see your six pack abs and we can also fry bacon on them halfway through the wedding, that's a discount. I need that bacon money. I just like the old uh, discount double check. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <sighs> no, I would never give a discount to somebody who reached out and said, I have a lot of followers on Instagram, so you should give me a discount. I would also never ask somebody to give me a discount because I have X amount of followers on Instagram. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah, we've only had it happen once. Somebody reach out to us and say, hey, I have like 27,000 followers on Instagram and I'll be promoting my engagement and my wedding photos and you should shoot my wedding for free. And you're this like, is an, this would be an honor for you. I would just send something straight back to them and be like, oh, I just use this app that allows you to check to see how many uh, fake users an Instagram account has. And it says that 75% of your... Uh, your followers are fake. So yeah. I I don't see any benefit to this at all. I, that's the thing that gets me. Like when people have a lot of followers on Instagram, like um, if you're a business account, you can go in and you can look where your followers are. So Jen and I both have 17,000 followers. And if I go in and look at where our followers are located, the majority of them are in Indianapolis. Okay, but, maybe not the majority of them. The largest <laughs> amount of them is in Indianapolis. And the second largest amount of them is in Tehran. Tehran. <laughs> and the third largest amount of them is in London. And it's just like, these people aren't helping us out. We're, we're a business in Indiana. Are, are people from Tehran coming to Indianapolis to get their wedding shot? No, not in great amounts. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when I see somebody who has a large amount of followers, all I can think is like, I don't really care that much. 
because it's not going to bring me weddings unless your followers are from the area where I shoot or in the niche that I shoot. Like if you're the niche. only person out there who shoots furry weddings and this furry person with 27,000 followers is like, Hey, mm, let me in on that. Yeah. Like give me a discount. I'm, I'm gonna promote this shit out of this wedding. Then yeah, maybe, but. But I'd have to really, really want to get in them furry weddings then. Yeah. Speaking of furry weddings, um, you wanted to talk a little bit about college graduation photos. I 100% wrote this because there is like this viral story on Twitter about this girl who posed with a gun in her college graduation photos. And it was being reported by all these news sources like this girl posed for a gun in her college graduation photos. And every single one of those stories that I read, all I could think is they're all reporting college graduation photos like they're a thing. But I don't know a single person who's ever had college graduation photos done. I I don't know. My sister is a photographer in South Carolina. Shout out to Natalie Dalton Photography. And um, she does a tremendous amount of college graduation photography. I mean, it's just called senior photos where she's at, but it's college senior photos. They do like kind of professional headshot type photos and then they do it in their cap and gown and she always gives them each a bottle of champagne and they do a photo where they're popping the bottle of champagne like i would love it if you know college graduation photos became a thing in the midwest because that's just another area of photography where you can make more money but it's just not a thing here i agree sorry steve you have me distracted i'm looking at the location of my phone you're looking at your belly button are you picking lint out of it while i'm trying to podcast with you this is disgusting Next up, uh, Dustin, you have in the show notes real estate photography. This, Dustin, you added something yeah. in the show notes. Holy shit, dude. Hold the presses. I could not uh, read that. It was all blurry when you held your phone up with your Instagram stats yeah. and where the people um, are located. Now, give us the breakdown. Where is it? Now I got to pull it back up here. Ooh, uh, ooh. But yeah, they're located. Um, top locations are... Fort Wayne, Indy, Louisville, Chicago, and Evansville. Nice. Way to go, buddy. That's that's all Midwest cities. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to see more than that. Countries is all United States with a handful in Nigeria. <laughs> nice. Uh, how many of the how many of the followers in Nigeria are princes? Uh, two. Nice. Two princes. How how much money have they requested that you send to them? Just just to help their uncle out of exile. They they actually want to send me money. They, they want to send me money. Oh, nice. Even better. Way to go. Um, but yeah, to follow up, I have been doing more and more real estate photography this year, which has been great uh, for those of you out there who shoot full-time wedding photography. Uh, real estate photography has been a has been a nice little side hustle, side income. Uh, I highly encourage you, being that most of us out there that shoot weddings have all of the necessary tools to shoot real estate. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm charging between 175 and 250 a house. I'm in and out in less than 45 minutes, um, and it takes me no time at all to edit them. But it it's been a huge help for me and my family just financially being that my wife's been on maternity leave and 
kind of helping with that loss of income. But I wanted to talk a little bit about this most recent real estate company that actually wanted to bring me in to uh, essentially help them because they have a staff photographer uh, that wears more than just that hat. But she was getting overwhelmed with all of their listings because the market here and I think the whole country, but the Midwest especially, has just been crazy. Are you gonna? Are you just gonna? Are you just gonna brag about yourself and bore me to death, or is this going somewhere? It's it's going. I'm on a journey. Stay oh, with me, Steve. Yeah, this company wanted to bring me in. They couldn't find anybody else who could do this job, and like they already had a photographer on staff, but they wanted to bring me in because I was so good. They have all these hard houses they need photographed, and I'm just gonna <laughs> what is up with get all these photos of these hard <laughs> houses. Oh. Is that the the word of the week? Is hard bodies? Yeah. Is it because your lack of getting hard that you are co- trying to compensate? It's putting me to sleep. But mm, um, yeah, Dustin, when you hear about those hard bodies and all those hard sheep fa- jumping over that hard fence, it gets you right to sleep. So the uh, company wanted to bring me in for an interview, and I'll be honest, as a self-employed business owner. I, I have not been interviewed in a very, very long time. Uh, Steve, when's the last time you've been interviewed, like, for a job? You interviewed me last week. Steve. You were like, Steve, I need you to come help me out on this shoot. Um, oh, it was, like, two or three weeks ago. You were like, Steve, I need you to help me out on this shoot. And you are like, I need you to come to Fort Wayne, uh, dress nice. I have some questions I want to go over with you real quick. I showed up and you're like, all right, Steve, so how many years have you been shooting video? And I was like, uh, this many years. And you're like, did you bring your demo reel with you by any chance? And I was like, it's right here on nope. a DVD. Nope. And you were like, nobody uses DVDs anymore. And then you broke it over your knee in front of me. And I cried a little bit. And I think it was me crying that made you hire me and give me the job because you just felt so bad after what had I happened. S- and you I skipped- still haven't seen the demo yeah, reel. You skipped the part where you asked me all the questions like about my past experiences, what my greatest strength is, what my greatest weakness is. My, my greatest weakness is that I got a weakness for the hard bodies, Dustin. <laughs> you just sound hangry, Steve. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, I came in for this interview. I, I, it was kind of getting in my head a little bit about it because it wasn't like I was going to be an employee or anything. I was simply going to be a freelance photographer for them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just be myself and I'm going to show up to this thing, you know, as if I was just going to hang out with friends because that's the kind of company I would want to work for is just one that embraces me for me and not me trying to put on a face, if you will. So I showed up in a Hawaiian shirt, button-up Hawaiian shirt, jeans and Nikes uh, with my laptop with, you know, examples of what I've done. And it was the most awkward-ass interview I'd ever been a part of because it was they it was more of a formality mm-hmm. than anything else. So they were asking me all these questions that had no relevance to my capabilities or my qualifications to actually photograph did they ask you what your biggest flaw is your biggest weakness yeah they asked me like how do you overcome complicated situations and i think my greatest weakness is that sometimes i work too hard 
Yeah. And then you winked at him like, <laughs> yeah. I said, my greatest weakness is that I might be a perfectionist and I care too much about my clients. They're like, wow, well, I don't know if that's a weakness, but I like it. My greatest weakness is that I give the best shoulder massages with tongue. <laughs> People like Brought them too much. Brought that one around. Brought it around. Full circle there. Um, but yeah, it was uh, super weird because they, it was the vice president of operations and their VP. photographer. And he kept trying to like get the photographer to do the interview. But she's like, I've seen his photos. He does great work. I don't know what you want me to ask him. <laughs> And so he just kind of kept making these BS things and finally said, well, I think we have all we need to know. Uh, we'll be in touch. And I'm like, so, okay. It's just really weird. Yeah. Have you ever had any weird interview experiences? I haven't been interviewed in a very long time. Yeah? Yeah. You don't get interviewed when you're working full time with your wife on a wedding photography business. She didn't interview you when she decided to bring you on? No. No, she did not, Dustin. Did you interview Corinne when you brought her on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was with Jen from the start. Started from the bottom, now we here. Now we're doggy style. Mm. That is a way that married couples sometimes have sex, Dustin. That is correct. <laughs> have you ever done real estate photography? That's yeah. what I really want to know. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah? Yeah. Gosh, no, I want to cut this whole segment out. It's so boring. Real estate photography and interviews. Uh, I did a bunch of real estate videos when I owned my own oh. video production company like three years ago. Yeah. They were terrible. I'd get a shot list from the company that would be like, this is what we need every single room you go into. We need one wide shot. We need one walking shot where you have your camera on a gimbal and you walk through the room now we're gonna need two pans to the left two pans to the right two tilts up two tilts down now we're gonna need a close-up shot on each feature that you see and on each feature you also need to do two pans to the left two pans to the right two tilts <laughs> up two tilts down now it is very important for us that in every room that you go into you also capture the closet and if a bunch of bats fly out or you find a dracula be certain to shoot again after you've removed them now when you see that dracula you are probably going to be attacked and bitten you're gonna want to wear a crucifix into each one of the properties that you go into for us and possibly keep some garlic around your neck and it might be a good idea to carry some wooden steak on you as well but if the cops show up we did not tell you to do that and if you murder somebody we cannot be held liable every now and then our realtors are informed to keep a small vial of holy water in the lockbox which the code is always 666 who the hell do you work for Stephen? <laughs> oh gosh it was just terrible it was like every time you shoot a sink the water has to be running because our the people who are going to live here, they want to know that the faucets work. Yeah, don't you? Don't you, Steve? Every time you shoot a toilet, you need to make sure it's flushing. <laughs> because the people who work here want to know that it works. In fact, if you could go ahead and just maybe on your way to the shoot, buy an eggplant or a squash and uh, throw that in the toilet so that they know it can handle a heavy load. We shot a house last week, this like 6,000 square foot lake cottage. 
and, and I really wanted and you to you dropped do, a squash in their toilet. <laughs> I really wanted to do like a blooper version of the video because we did photo and video where it's like a pan to the fireplace and then I'm laying on the rug and then like a pan of the bathroom and then like, oh, I'm on the toilet and then like pan to the couch and I'm sitting there reading a book or something. Just like essentially I'm in every shot. But now, Dustin, how many of these things that you've learned about shooting yourself naked on a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace when you're on a professional video shoot are things that mm-hmm. you would say you learned while in an art class or at an art school or at a technical school taking art classes? I've never taken an art class, but it sounds fun. Maybe I should look to Ball State for some of those. Because, Dustin, I just I saw the most let's call it the most bullshit tweet I think I've ever seen. I'm not going to say who tweeted it out because it's so disappointing to me, but doesn't this person tweeted out earlier today. I've learned photography from myself in my own imagination and creativity. No art class has ever given me any inspiration, new knowledge or experience. Doesn't as somebody who specifically went to school to study the art of photography, I was just wondering if you cared to comment on this. Like, do art classes ever give you any inspiration, knowledge, or experience? No. <laughs> so the thing you were talking about earlier, um, what was it? The inverse square property? That was something inverse you learned. Inverse square law. That was something you learned this is where? A physics. It's actually a physics term. Yes. And you learned how it related to photography where? In college. In in. In a, in a class about what? Um, physics. Is specifically physics as it relates to what? Light. And photography. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, I, I, mean, I, I feel I, like I, we see a lot of stuff that is dismissive of people who don't get schooling. But this is one of those things where you just see it and you're like, this is such bullshit. Like, you go to college to learn about this stuff and like... I was just thinking recently, Jen and I did a shoot. Um, when I say Jen and I did a shoot, I mean mostly Jen did the shoot, and I was there just to do like some behind the scenes video stuff. But it was like a modern Baroque style shoot, and it was all because she fell in love with the Baroque painters when she was in college and learning about like in her art classes about like the different painters, the different styles of painting throughout time and everything. And like the girl with the pearl earring was one that she just absolutely loved is beautiful. I mean, she loved a lot of the Baroque like paintings and stuff, like specifically that one stood out to her. And like, we tried to like do a, like a photo during our shoot that was reminiscent of like that painting. And like, that painting has spoke to so many people throughout the year. I mean, there was a movie about it. There's a movie on Netflix right now you can watch about the girl with the pearl earring. So Hold I mean, that. I'm going to go watch it real quick. All right. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. How was it? Terrible. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry, All I would have right. thought you would have liked that one. Next time. But I mean, to, to just write off education of any sort just because... Uh, and to just say bullshit like... um. <laughs> Everything I've ever done comes from my own imagination and creativity. Just it pissed me off so much, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, I would say I learned a tremendous amount in college. Um, but I would say the best part of going to school for photography for me personally was the probably the being around so many people 
who were all kind of in it together, so to speak. They were all going to school for photography. They all had this similar same passion uh, to learn together. And I would say that for me was the, the best experience um, and kind of all learning and teaching each other versus the actual like going to class and having a teacher teach you. Um, and so I, I'm not convinced that you have to go to a co college or university to learn that. I would definitely say there are some schools that are better equipped than others. I just happen to have gone to the uh, most highly ranked, top, fanciest uh, photo school in the world. <laughs> and um, it was your school. So feel free to brag all you want. Just know I'm going to laugh every time you do. Yeah. But. With that said, though, I wouldn't necessarily say that that piece of paper I got uh, warranted $75,000. I don't know that that it is worth that much money. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a tough debate when it comes to photography and education, uh, especially being in the dawn of an online revolution in, in the sense of education. Um, and with more people being willing to share and educate themselves um, versus having to go to a formal formal setting. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think you would be where you are today without Ball State? No, I don't. I mean, I, I met Jan at Ball State, so. Yeah. But I learned so much at Ball State. Uh, I studied video production and... I learned so much about composing, about lighting, about everything that goes into turning, you know, turning any shot you do from, oh, I shot this with my flip phone into like a work of art. And college was the place where I went to learn that. I mean, I've learned a lot more since then. I learned, I feel like I learned a lot more during my internship during college Correct. and I actually learned at college itself but the connections I made, the people I met and the things that I learned there, like I learned like in college about the rule of thirds, like one of the most basic, simple things there's, that's a, the, that's a the million, rule that comes after two and four, right? Yeah, it's, it comes after the rule of seconds, which is that after every meal, you should put aside a seconds. few things and then yes. eat them at a later meal. And then there's Correct. the rule of first, which is the rule that the only person who matters is the person who wins. Yep. If you're not first, you're last, Ricky Bobby. Ricky Bobby! What do I do with my hands? And then there is also the rule of force, as you mentioned, which is that quarters are a dying form of money that we're not going to use anymore. So it's all about dollar bills now. That's the rule of force. I mean, there's dollar bills now. But I mean, that's, I learned so much in school about little, like, just throwaway things that, yeah, I could have learned from a blog post or wherever now but back then there wasn't anything like that yeah yeah i mean that's true steve and i are from an ancient civilization of mankind um pre pre-internet so so doesn't next up on our, our on our show notes there <gasps> is the notes. the controversy that's going on right now with the british wildlife photographer of the year award doesn't have you heard about this I have not heard about this. I guess I am behind on my British Photography of the Year awards. So Dustin, go ahead and click through. The, the photo that won the photo of the year 
is called The Night Raider, and it is a photo of an anteater raiding a... Oh, I have seen this. ...raiding an ant mound in the middle of the night. And guess what they found out, Dustin? What, it's photoshopped? The anteater in question is the stuffed anteater that's in the ranger center at the front of the park. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. They went through and they compared the markings on the anteater, the tufts of fur and everything, and it was a one-to-one match with the stuffed anteater that is kept like up at the front of the park. So what did the photographer have to say about it? Uh, He claims that's not true. Denied it. He denied it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) See, I thought we were going in a different direction. Speaking of animals, because uh, I think it was this week or last week, uh, they finally settled the case against the photographer who let a monkey take a selfie. And then Ooh, yeah. PETA, PETA sued him for copyright infringement because he was making so much money off the photo, um, saying that the, you know technically the monkey owned the copyright. And it's been in court for years. Um, probably has bankrupted this poor guy at this point. But uh, it finally came down that, you know, animals can't copyright photos. Boom. And now that is law, essentially. Eat it, animals. Eat it. Don't shoot it. Eat it. We're better than you. Because if you do shoot it, that shit ain't copyrighted by you. So... Th- this uh, controversy that has taken place with the Britain Wildlife Photographer of the Year Award um, has caused a bunch of other wildlife photographers to come out with horror stories of their own. Um, involving, it's said in the article, which I'll, I'll post the articles from documentjournal.com. Uh, one photographer said that they have heard other photographers, which when you go on a thing and you're like, I don't do this, but I've heard other people do it, that's a pretty good way of saying you've done it yourself. Right, Dustin? Oh, yeah. Uh, They say that people have glued animals to things. Yeah, I could believe it. They've put them in freezers to slow their movements. And they've also attached them to wires to keep them in place. I mean, you see these epic wildlife photos, and I always wonder what the hell these guys are up to. They think we're crooked with our photoshopping i mean they're putting toothpicks in frogs probably and then they photoshop the toothpick out duh yeah yeah uh let's move on our new newest new segment uh web photos steve just doesn't understand dustin can you go ahead and click through oh steve i don't need to i can envision a large glass of beer I've had too much to drink. There's a running, babbling brook uh, beside where we're taking pictures. Maybe oh, a lake. Oh, you're, maybe fin- a pond. you're finally highlighting the link. You're finally going to click through. Yeah. Okay. And I've just got to relieve myself, Steve. I've got to relieve myself. Relieving yourself is correct, Dustin. So I was just scrolling through Twitter and I saw this uh, photo. And this Way one, too much time. M- most things that uh, we cover from Twitter or Facebook, we don't post links to because those people are just terrible people. But this person was actually like making a joke. And so I feel like it's appropriate to uh, post. So Silver Screen Wed posted a photo and it said um, taking a wee break or something like that. <laughs> 
I didn't actually click through to it, but yeah. you just clicked through to it, right, Dustin? Oh, Steve, I, it's my wallpaper now on my computer. <laughs> so this is a wedding photography company, and they posted a photo to their Twitter of the groom and two groomsmen taking a piss. <laughs> it's uh, time for I'm a wee break is what it said. I'm not going to lie to you, Stephen. As a photographer from the Midwest, I do have photos similar to this. But would you post those to Twitter for everyone to see? I, w- I would not post those to Twitter, no. So, that, is, that is correct. So my favorite thing is, is three guys, and they're all peeing into the ocean or a lake or something. And then there's one dude just kind of standing off to the side watching them. What would be an awesome photo if there were three guys peeing and then in the background you saw people swimming? That would be much, much more entertaining. So the the photo is safe for work. The guys all have their backs to us, so we can't actually, you know, we, we, it's just implied nudity. Like, we assume they they dicks is out. They be jolly ranching. We assume they dicks is out, and we assume that other dude is watching they dicks out. <laughs> Uh, it's a close-knit group of guys. That's all we know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I just, Steve. I Dustin, can you explain to me why anybody would use this in their marketing for their company? Uh, humor. Clickbait likes. That's why. Well, it's certainly going to get all those clickbait lights, <laughs> likes from all, from all, all of our It caught your attention. It caught your attention. Oh, it did. So... Uh, what I challenge you to do, Steve, is to dig through the archives, find one of these that you took, throw it up on the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast Instagram account. So, doesn't all that said, <laughs> let's get on to our favorite part. You ready to do some Q&A? Q&A me, baby. Hey there, Wedding Photo Hangover listeners. If you're looking for another wedding podcast, come check out Weddings for Real by me, Megan Gilligan. I've been a wedding planner for over 10 years, so I know all about the wedding hangover. And I've also got some amazing and hilarious stories to tell. So come join me as I interview photographers, fellow planners, DJs, videographers, and other wedding vendors about this crazy and one-of-a-kind industry. That's Weddings for Real, which you can find on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's do some Q&A. What's speaking? Oh, Dustin, we're back into wedding season for most people, which means the questions are much, much longer, much more involved. Are you ready Ooh, for these hello. super ass long questions? We have time for two. All right. So pick wisely. Sarah from the Facebook groups. I booked a bride back in January for this coming July. Everything was good. They mailed the signed contract back. We scheduled for engagement photos to be done in the snow around February. And that was that. I stayed overnight so I could be there early as we had scheduled for 8 a.m. They showed up over an hour and a half late and were more difficult to work with than most. I did what I would normally do with every session, sent the photos back for them to decide and edited the final choices, which I don't understand that part. I'm just going to say that you call your own photos. You don't let the, the client call, but whatever. Maybe she does call her own and photos. She sends and them then for like she... photoshopping or whatever. Like, I'm not going to yeah, waste my exactly. time photoshopping this. Okay. That makes sense. Right. Because I do that. So the bride was texting her, raving about the photos, saying how much she loved them. Fast forward, she gets a weird message from a friend telling me 
She loved the engagement photos I did for that couple a couple weeks ago. I go back to that bride's Facebook page to check it out, and I see that the bride copied our entire shoot with another photographer. She has the photos from both my shoot and the other photographers sprinkled throughout her page. And though I can distinctly tell the difference in my work, others may not be able to. I understand free shoots, even multiple engagement sessions, but she is wearing the same exact outfit. Her hair is did the exact same, same everything. And what kills me is that she copied the same exact posing for each certain outfit that I had put them in. I've never really had an issue like this, so I'm feeling conflicted. Yeah, I sent very... the bride an email a few, few days ago just to clarify and make sure that she still plans on using me for her wedding because her similar engagement shoot leads me to believe that she wasn't happy with our photos. She ghosted me, not responding to the email or the text. She has been active on Facebook and her job relies on email and communication. So although I want to be in a situation where she just isn't reading emails, it's highly unlikely. I'm still waiting a few days before I release the date again, before I release the date again, but I have turned down over four weddings on this date because she reserved it and put down a deposit. So the questions I have are, Oh my goodness. One, I have organization down to a T and of course cannot find this one scanned copy of the contract she sent oh, back. Shit. Does that make it void and non-existent? And yes, I have already fixed this issue so it won't happen again by requiring an email contract, which I also print. Two, I know that emails are binding and with the check she gave me that says wedding contract slash deposit, I guess my main question is, has anyone gone after a couple for the full wedding package amount due to not being able to book the date? My contract says that if canceled within 90 days, 50% of the wedding package is due. Three, what would you do in this situation? I'm frustrated for the lack of communication, but more frustrated that this other photographer's work is getting confused for mine. Anyone that can see the timeline sees that ours was first and she had a redo. Can I have her take my photos down? Should I just let it go and move on? I have a meeting with my lawyer just to see about <laughs> options, but I don't even know if it's worth pursuing. Holy cow. All right. Yeah, dude, I've, I've been saving this one for a few weeks. It's a huge Man. one. This might be the only yeah. question we get to do tonight. It's yeah, so big. I, I think so. But it's so meaty, to, baby. It's so meaty. Yeah, we have to unwrap this so one a little bit. So first question, Dustin, that you want to ask. I know I, mean, I, I, I have know, questions. I know what it is already. I have questions. You want to know, did this bride and groom, were they hard bodies? <laughs> uh, actually, Steve, <laughs> the first thing that came up when uh, you were reading this was I was curious on what your policy is. Or when a bride and groom do ghost you and they book you, send you the contract, the deposit, and then even maybe you do the engagement session and then you just never hear from them. So I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty certain they're on the hook for the full wedding unless they cancel uh, so many days in advance or something like that. Kind of similar to what this girl was saying. I'd have to double check my contract though. I've never had this situation come up, so I've never really... Uh, I know there's something in my contract about it. I just can't think of what it is off the top of my head, buddy. Yeah, I mean, we've had a wedding ghost us. I mean, this was this was at the very early onset of our career. 
Uh, they ghosted us. And then finally they said, uh, the bride emailed me back and she's like, sorry, I haven't been in touch with you. We, the wedding is off. Uh, we no longer need you. Thank you. Bye. And, and then like blocked my emails Ooh, and blocked shit. so that I couldn't like any, like I'd send her an email and be like, sorry, this email is no longer accepting emails or whatever. So then you got on your other email account and you sent her an email oh, from yeah. that one. Yep. And then you got another message back saying, sorry, this email is yep. not blocked. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was just curious on that fact. Um, because I know life gets busy and I know, uh, brides get stressed out with weddings and put things off. And so as a wedding photographer, lack of communication is, is just so scary sometimes when you have to worry about like, are they not writing me back because, you know, they're canceling the wedding or canceling on me or something like that. Dude, anyways, this definitely makes me think I need to check my contract just to see what it says. Because like, I'm thinking to myself, Jen and I had a wedding where they... Uh, broke up. I, I've told this story on here before. Like, uh, the dude was like upset and he told Jen that maybe she could photograph his, uh, you know, ex fiance's wedding with her new girlfriend or something like that. So there's some yeah. sort of like thing that went on between her and one of some, some girl that broke up their marriage and he was very bitter about it. Uh, not to say that they were actually getting married, just to say he was very bitter or even in a relationship. Mm-hmm. But um, so that we just kept the deposit and he said he wanted it back. And we're like, you signed a contract. You're not getting the deposit back. That's and, you know, that was it. It was over. He didn't pursue it anymore. Um, and he canceled that. Oh, man, I think it might have been like a month beforehand. Yeah, and I think that, that Jen made some changes to the contract then about saying like we had to have half the money paid within like two months before or something like that is something so that if they canceled that late, like we didn't lose out on everything, but man, yeah, like that's, that's scary. That scares me. Yeah. But, uh, so to unpack, uh, Sarah's questions, um, I wouldn't be too concerned about the the duplicate engagement session uh, from a hurting her business kind of way, um, simply because I've had brides get a second engagement session done by someone else, not because they were unhappy with mine, um, but because maybe they did it when they got the proposal photos done by someone else. Uh, they oh, did we're a back on that proposal engage- thing again. Full circle, baby. Uh, they had some quick photos done then, or like uh, their, had, their boyfriend's friend with a GoPro did some quick yep. engagement photos for them. Or I've had brides reach out to me and say, Hey, my cousin or my sister is really getting into photography. Uh, she's going to be doing some uh, pseudo engagement photos of us. I just wanted to give you a heads up um, so you don't think anything crazy is going on. Um, that was really nice is when they tell us that they're going to be doing it, uh, so that I don't freak out. Mm -hmm. But, um, never have I seen a situation where they do the exact same outfit in the exact same location. You have had a situation close, similar to this though, right? Didn't you shoot a bride and then she had an engagement shoot done in the same outfit in the same location? I did have a bride. I don't know if it was the exact same location, but they did wear the same outfit mm-hmm. um, where it was like a family friend did the photos. And it was it was freakishly 
similar to my editing style. Dustin, are you Sarah from Facebook groups? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I, I were, I was, I didn't know about the session mm-hmm. and then we were at their wedding and I was flipping through their guest book. Um, and the guest book was photos from the other photographer. Cause that the guest book was actually a gift from that person. Oh, that, uh, Sarah, we got your answer right there. Just show up to the wedding and shoot the wedding. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. Boom. Boom. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, wait, we didn't go there. We didn't go there. And I was and I was so thrown off because I was like the photos didn't look quite as good as mine, but they were they were close. So I thought maybe it was just like bad printing from the printer or something. But yeah, that threw me off. But I wouldn't worry too much about that. But what would worry me is the lack of communication from the couple. Um, I don't um, know. If... No, I would be worried if it was the same, like y- your situation's different because she didn't post them to Facebook. It was the same clothes, but not necessarily the same location you said. Right. And it wasn't the same poses. And she wasn't anything, copying but... the same poses. Like, this is crazy. This is like, I liked what this photographer did. Now let's see if we can do it all over again. Like in my mind, I'm thinking maybe she had a friend who was trying to get into photography and she was like, right, why don't we just, I would you know, do this shoot like she did it so you can kind of get a feel for it and i'll walk you through but that brings up this whole other issue of like so she basically hired you to shoot her wedding and is now like giving your like your posing style like like basically this girl's getting a workshop from you on how to shoot for an engagement shoot without actually getting the workshop from you you know right precisely oh, man, so weird yeah i want can you reach out to Sarah and see if there's a conclusion to this story? Uh, that would require me remembering exactly which Facebook group I found this in, going back to it yeah. and doing a search for it and finding it again. Yeah, do a little digging for us, Steve. I appreciate that. And so do the listeners. <laughs> um, so as far as, uh, you know, the lawyer... I mean, what, what is it really oh, she can do? you're skipping to question three. There are, there are three questions, okay? She has I'm organization down to a T. Of course, but of course she can't find this one scanned copy of the contract. Then she'd be screwed, I think. Yeah, but then she also says, in question number two, I know emails are binding. And with the check she gave me that says wedding contract slash deposit, I guess my main question is, has anyone gone after a couple for the full wedding package amount due to not be to not being able to book the date? My contract says if can't or whatever. So I guess the question there is, am I able to go after her for the full wedding package when I don't have the contract, but I do have an email to her with like something saying what the contract is and i do have a like a the check she gave back to me that says this is for the wedding contract slash deposit so she doesn't have a signed contract but she has proof that the person received the contract and proof that after receiving the contract she sent her a check that said wedding contract slash deposit not quite as good as a signed contract but very close yeah i I would just have to i couldn't i would have to see the email communication to really base what yeah. a judge would say i'm gonna say guess a, it wouldn't hold up in a court of law with a judge but it would hold up in a court of everywhere else by public opinion yeah um i mean i've lost contracts before um in the helter skelter of shooting 60 some weddings one year and 
I just simply use the old line to a bride. Like once I realize I've misplaced it, uh, be like, Hey, you know, my dog like spilled my Kool-Aid on your contract. Would you mind filling another one out and I'll send them a, another one. And I'm like, you just email that over to me this week sometime when you get a chance. Um, but we've since That's switched crazy, to digital Dustin. contracts. Yeah. I, I don't know when Jen switched to digital contracts because like if I dig through her our like files for the business when it first got started, there are still a few paper contracts in there. But at some point mm-hmm. in time, we switched to a system uh, where we had them sign like on an iPad the contract. Mm-hmm. So Jen would meet them yeah. with them in person and they would like sign with their finger in person. Um, and that is how I convinced Jen that we needed to buy a new iPad that year. <laughs> <laughs> so that our clients wouldn't think we we're using a janky old ipad and then uh the next year jen switched to a system where it's all done by email and i haven't yeah. been able to get a new ipad since the ipad 3 <laughs> yeah i think uh i was able, i upgraded my ipad when we went to africa and that was uh the last upgrade i've had mm, but that was a nice upgrade it's a sweet ipad yeah. it's seen all of africa Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, via the drone it, when it was plugged in, just so that you and I could watch movies. So, doesn't let's say let's let's just throw ourselves into Sarah's shoes. Mm-hmm. This terrible, terrible thing has happened to us. We yeah. don't have the contract. We have an email sending her the contract, and then we have a check that says wedding contract slash deposit. What what Correct. would we do in this situation? I would show up to her house. <laughs> I, I would hope that she knows where she works, maybe. Uh, and I would call her at work and I would simply, you know, say, hey, can I talk to Katie or whatever her name is? And be like, um, I, I seem to be having some trouble getting a hold of you on your cell. Um, so I figured I'd reach out to you. Or, you know, we're getting to that time where we need to set up a consultation, get together for coffee, talk about your wedding timeline. Um, just wanted to schedule, make it very non-aggressive, non-threatening. You're just trying to flush out if there's any problems, if anything's going on, but in a way where you're still in your mind moving forward with the wedding. And then from there, if obviously she sets up a time and date for coffee, I would also probably record this conversation. Doesn't, uh, so just, just to backtrack there, bride doesn't answer your emails, doesn't answer your text, won't pick up the phone when you call. Mm-hmm. Your next move is to grab two goons, go to her place of work, possibly with a baseball bat or two. I call her at her place of work. Show up in the parking lot, wait for, wait for her to come out, and then you say, have you seen, do you remember Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan? You say, so am I still shooting your wedding? And you just let it ride like that. Then you drop the bat and you walk away. You drop the bat right onto her knee. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, I would try to communicate with her in any way, shape, or form. I would know how. And in, in which case, I would, if I felt like I couldn't get a hold of her and I've tried every avenue possible, um, I would probably seek the counsel of an attorney and see if I could maybe send her to collections for the full package. Um, I would still show up to the wedding though, before I reached out to an attorney, because I've heard of 
terrible scenarios where people do think that the bride has canceled their wedding photography package and then end up not actually going through with canceling, just asking about it, so to speak. And then the photographer doesn't show up and then they get sued. Whoa, that'd be crazy. Why wouldn't you show up if they didn't actually cancel? Because there might have been like some sort of a miscommunication. When, where like, when a bride or and groom cancel with you, or a bride and a bride or a groom and a groom, oh, I have to have it. I have to have it written. You have to get like in, something in, written back, right? Yeah. Saying I cancel. Like, do you accept just an email that says I cancel, or do you need something like signed? Uh, just an email with their names, uh, both their names on there with the date. Um, See, Jen and I typically require an email with a photo of both of them, um, two of their baby teeth from when they were children, <laughs> uh, plus also a lock of each one of their hairs. Um, now, we get all of that back to us. Uh, just, you know, at, so we have something to remember the, the whole thing by because, you know, it's important when somebody cancels on you that you have a memento of that, mm -hmm. that you Absolutely. can treasure for the rest of your life. So you remember your failures as well as their failures. Of course. Of so course. now you're the failure keeper for them and you hold their failures with you all the time. Same reason I get upset when my couples get divorced. <laughs> because you've been holding their baby teeth this whole time? <laughs> whole time, man. Did you squeeze their baby teeth too hard? Is that why they got divorced? I, I always keep a few sequins from the wedding dress, you know, on my desk. Man, this got real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Silence of the Lambs creepy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's follow up on, uh, you're going to follow up with Sarah and kind of see where things shook out on this. Yeah, I'm 100% uh, not going to creepily follow up with Sarah who doesn't even know our podcast exists. Oh, Sarah's a long time listener. Doesn't have time for one more quick, quick question. Abby from Twitter says, do you <laughs> specify in your contract how fancy a groom should dress? I saw a wedding recently where the groom was wearing jeans and a white polo shirt, and I don't ever want to shoot that. Abby, that's where it comes down to <laughs> your personal brand. And, you know, if you're posting stuff like that, then you're going to shoot stuff like that. So you saw that on Twitter. Don't post photos like that. And you want to track couples like that. It's pretty easy. And if somebody inquires about your services and you think that that's might be the type of wedding it is, then just say, you know, I can give you a list of people to refer to, but you know, this isn't a good fit for me. It just really comes down to, how hangry you are. Now, in this tweet, I did, I did, uh, I did not include this here, but there was a, was a photo from the wedding. And it's just like a dude wearing a white polo shirt and jeans. And he's got a, of course, well, the, the, he's got a boot in here pinned into the polo shirt. It made me laugh so hard. And the bride is in like an actual like dress, like a bride's dress, like. See, it reminds me of next a, to a dude in a polo shirt with a boot ear pin to it. <laughs> hey, sorry, everyone's sorry. got their I'm own not taste, including those man. links. I don't, I don't want anybody else to see that. I mean, it reminds me of a wedding that uh, photo that went viral a few years ago here in town, uh, which was a high end wedding, but the groom insisted that he and the groomsmen wore camouflage uh, tuxedos. Oh, dude. 
Could you even see them in the photos? They were invisible. Wow. But uh, That's a bold choice. What? How did that go viral? You couldn't even see them. <laughs> but people were like, oh man, I wouldn't shoot that wedding. But I talked to the photographer. I know the photographer who did that wedding and it was uh, a very high paying wedding for her. It's just the groom was, you know little bit country and took it a little bit far and the bride was a little bit rock and roll she showed up wearing her chuck taylor's she had a jean jacket on when she went to mm-hmm. the reception she was a jean jacket it was a bedazzled jean jacket it said wedding photo hangover on the back she switched out that bedazzled jean jacket when she got to the right, reception for a bedazzled leather jacket a very classy event on the all uh dustin <laughs> I just want to revel in the glory that is a groom wearing a white polo shirt and jeans to a wedding. Steve, I would love to wear a white Can polo shirt. Can we do a styled shirt shoot with each other where we wear <laughs> white polo shirts and jeans? Yes. That's all I wanted to hear. We got to end the episode real quick before Dustin changes his mind. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with your hosts, Dustin and Steve. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Wedding Photo Hangover and on Twitter at Wedpick Hangover. You can find Dustin on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben and you can find Steve at at Steven Van Elk. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being is aching for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Good night, Steve. Oh, just like that? No no chatter afterwards? You don't want to tell me all about Avengers? I saw I saw people online, they they, they thought Thanos was so thick. Uh, it was definitely interesting how the character was written. Did you find uh, the computer-generated image that was Thanos to be physically attractive when you looked at him, Dustin? That is what I want to know. I thought it was interesting how they they wrote it in a way where... Now, that is thick, T-H-I-C-C, thick. They make you almost care about him as the protagonist. And uh, in a way where you like almost you you know that he's crazy, but it's because they because you know he's crazy, you almost feel this this guilt for him as the the weight he's carrying. Like he feels this mission and this drive to carry out this. Uh, spoiler alert. Nope, nope, no, 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 you're not spoiling this. I haven't seen this yet. You're not spoiling this for me. Come on. Well, whatever it is he's trying to do. Doink da doink. Yeah, he, you know, he feels this passion and commitment and it kind of shows the trials and tribulations he has to go through and to accomplish it. And you kind of feel bad for the guy. Aww. I mean, a little, just a little. I wouldn't say you're like, holy cow, I can't believe the Avengers are picking on Thanos. And then the next it's, thing you know, three Avengers are peeing in the water and they, they dicks is out and Thanos is standing there watching them with they dicks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely excited for the next movie. I mean, this whole movie was like a giant buildup to the next movie called Avengers they dicks out <laughs> Avengers their dicks are out oh Dustin it has been great I know you gotta go you got a very busy week ahead of you shooting mayors or mayoral candidates uh, so yep. have a great night it's been fun doing this with you again yeah, um, wish wish me wish me luck I've got a uh, conversation with a certain 
company tomorrow that I'm going to try and get my money back. Uh, we'll follow up on that Whoa, in a later podcast. Dustin, you can't drop a bomb like that. It, uh, we don't have time to really dive into it. Dustin Blaston's company's Eve. That's what this is. We're making this a national holiday. It's Dustin Blast Eve. <laughs> Blast Eve. <laughs> Dustin. Not Blast Steve. Dustin Blast Eve. Blast Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah we'll see how that goes uh, are, are you going to give him an exit interview do you got some good exit interview questions for him uh, no I'm just I, I'm going to record our conversation and use that against do them do you if they... know the law for recording conversations in Indiana because it used to be you could record any phone call with just one party consent I am not certain it's that anymore in Indiana. So one party consent means you're on the phone call. You want to record it. You can record it. But if you need two party consent, it means you have to want to record it. And the other person has to also want to record it. Or if there's a third party like the FBI listening in and they don't have a warrant to record that phone call, then they need to get the consent of both you and the other person on the phone call to record it. But if, if they have a warrant, the FBI is going to put you in jail. That's how it works. Indiana's uh, law is a one-party consent law. Still is? Nice. I heard they were uh, trying to pass a law to make a two-party consent in Indiana. So, nope, According to this, it is a... If you live in a two-party consent state here in the United States of America, I want you to know my thoughts on that is that's bullshit. You should be able to record any conversation you have on the phone with another human being. Otherwise, from my experience, people try to set up phone calls with you because if you meet with somebody in person, you can record it. And that's like fine in Indiana and in most yeah. other states as well. But if you do a phone call, then it suddenly becomes not fine in a bunch of states. So people try to do phone calls typically so that they can say a bunch of terrible shit to you that they don't want to put into an email because if it's in an email you could post it online and people could read it but if it's a phone call you don't have any proof that they said all this terrible shit to you that's right. my experience with how these sorts of things work so i think it's always good to be able to record a phone call if you want or need to just me mm-hmm no, I agree. And then, and then when, you, when you tell people you're going to record the phone call because you have one party consent, they'll get real upset and angry. But you don't actually have to tell them. It was just a courtesy you were doing to them. Yeah, so I signed up, long story short, with company a year ago. I thought we were saving this uh, for next week. Next week, we got to talk about Dustin shooting the mayoral candidates. We got to talk about um, putting putting this stuff, this company on blast. Dustin, Dustin Blasting. Dustin Blast Eve. What else are we talking about next week? Whatever you want, man. Whatever whatever I want. Cool. Whatever you we'll talk about your interviews on podcasts and what that was like. Oh, that'll that'll be a cluster cuss. Dustin, it's been great podcasting with you. Have a great night. Always a pleasure. Good night, Stevie. I give the best shoulder massages with tongue. <laughs> Wedding Photo Hangover is edited by Steve Van Elk from Bespoke Tone. You can hit up Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, or audio editing needs.